Uh, hey, David, guess what? What? We have been podcasting for a year officially. Can you believe it? Does that make us professionals at this yet? When do when do we start getting the sponsor money? <laughs> when does well, that unfortunately, Quibi really fell through, so... I don't I don't know what we're gonna do from here. <laughs> I will say they they did fail maybe a month after I talked about them. So Yeah. It was the real kiss of death from this really podcast. It really was the kiss of death. <laughs> I'm just not gonna talk about other streaming services anymore. Let's only talk about <laughs> I was gonna say let's only talk about stuff companies we hope burn down. So Ooh. this is a this is a podcast exclusively talking about Amazon from this point forward. Oh wow. <laughs> you could cut that part out. No, we're keeping that in. You heard it <laughs> my here threat, first. My threat to Jeff Bezos. Um, you know what's really funny? Hmm. Uh sometimes me and my husband call each other Jeff Crazos, and we're really proud of that joke. <laughs> Why do you call yourself Jeff Krazos? Like when you're you know, acting crazy? Yeah, when somebody's being a little Krazos, they're just uh, being a big old Jeff Krazos today. Okay, I'm not going to argue with that, except <laughs> the difference is when like you're Jeff Krazos, like mm-hmm. you're just a little grumpy, some bad things happen. When Jeff is Jeff Krazos, he copies yeah. a billion other companies and shut them down. Yeah. So it's a wide margin. It can cover. It encompasses a lot of moods. So it works in every situation. Your Krazos may not be my Krazos, <laughs> but we're all Jeffs on the inside. But we all get a little bit. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to Adapted for Your Viewing. My name is David, and I can't believe we're still doing episodes themed to self-isolating. I can't believe this yeah. is our... Yeah. I thought this was going to be a one-off, but we're on episode four. <laughs> is this episode four of self-isolating? Is, no, it is episode yes. four. Yeah, and it's not even like we've been doing it monthly. We've been doing it like... Sporadically, at yeah. best, yeah. So we're here again with another... Um, episode we like to call self-isolating with internet friends and my name is amanda and i read too many books we are brother and sister and this is our podcast for nerds where we talk too much about movies and the books they're based on and today we're doing something fun and different uh we are still somehow in the middle of being strongly encouraged to be socially distant from each other but luckily we have internet friends to help keep us sane Yep, so today, for the fourth time, we're going to be going over our favorite (laughs) indoor comforts you may want to check out while we're all getting inside now, especially since it's getting cold for a lot of people. Is it? Yes. As professional introverts, uh, we were made for this moment, okay, Mm -hmm. guys? Even though this moment has turned into months and may turn into (laughs) years... Uh, don't say that. Don't jinx us like that. I we won't. can't have another quibby on our hands. That's true. I don't want another quibby on our hands. <laughs> uh, but today we will specifically cover some snacks, some shows, some books, just whatever to keep you sane during this time. Yeah. So, David, are you cooking anything fun these days? Yes. I have found something amazing, especially for the winter months. Amanda, Mm. can you tell the audience what we are not allowed to eat? You and I share one common thing that we can not eat at all. Mm, Delicious dairy. (laughs) Any dairy at all. And what I've found out 
as I've tried to do my best to get dairy out of my diet 100%. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. Is that a lot of good soups contain Mm -hmm. dairy. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have some sort of dairy in soup, it kind of changes like the texture and consistency. And so you're only left with like super like thin soups or like stews, which is yeah. fine. But yeah, I, the good brothy stuff. Yeah, but I, I crave that like creamy soup that you get only with dairy. And I have found a creamy soup that contains absolutely no dairy or cream. And it is West African sweet potato peanut soup. Basically what it is, is it's a pretty basic like chicken stock kind of broth soup, but with a lot of sweet potatoes and peanuts in it. Mm. You brighten it up with typically like some cayenne or something spicy in there. And then uh, you blend all the soup up uh, after uh, uh, simmering for a bit and it creates this like really rich and creamy sweet potato soup that kind of reminds me a little bit of like a cross between like a traditional like chicken soup but also like a curry like a potato curry mm, okay mm-hmm. and it's absolutely delicious and it might as well be like any of the creamy soups like a creamy tomato soup but made with sweet potatoes what do you eat it with uh, you can typically just eat it as is. I also eat it with rice because it's typically pretty thick. So I like putting rice in there. Uh, mm-hmm. I've even had it with like some grilled cheese with a tomato in the middle, mm-hmm. which kind of negates the whole non-dairy yeah, thing. I'm going to be honest with you, <laughs> but sometimes you still need that grilled cheese. It's real hard to give up grilled cheese. I agree. I have found a way to replace the dairy in the soup. I have not found a way to replace the dairy in the grilled cheese just yet. <laughs> Yeah, makes sense. But I would 100% recommend it to you and basically anyone else who cannot consume or cannot consume any dairy at all. Very nice. Um, I am also eating a lot of soup these days. And I got two soups that I want to talk about, oh, which nice. are pretty good. Yeah. So I just, as soon as I saw you were talking about soup, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here for soup too. Here for soup for sure. It's soup months. It's definitely soup months. Uh, my first favorite soup is one that has become like a staple. I made it a couple months ago, and it has quickly gone into circulation, which is huge because my husband does not eat soup, refuses usually, hmm. but will eat this soup. So it is a creamy chicken and wild rice soup. Uh, like you, it is dairy-free. I use coconut cream in it for the cream portion. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you cook it, it's... I, I use my beautiful um, Dutch oven. We both we are both big fans of Dutch ovens. Big we have twin Dutch, Dutch ovens. Oven people, yes. <laughs> so I use my Dutch oven um, and do it in layers. So I do the chicken first, and then the veggies, and then I cook uh, the veggies in uh, some white wine with um, with some thyme thrown into it, like fresh thyme. It like kills it's so good and then you throw the wild rice in there and then cook it all with the stock it's like the easiest recipe in the world and it's so delicious i have i've yet to make a bad batch of it except for one time when i accidentally used white wine vinegar which is a true story it was devastating much different much different (laughs) much different (laughs) i don't know how it like it took this long as me as an adult to figure out that like, I don't like wine, but putting yeah. wine in cooking makes everything taste it makes everything better. Great. 
And I Absolutely. didn't know that. And so now I have bottles yeah. of wine I don't drink. I just cook with. Yeah, it's amazing. It's inc- it's the transformation is amazing. I'll I'll need a copy of that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it over to you. Um, so my ambition, my ambitious soup for this fall is to perfect ramen. And Oof. ramen, yeah, ramen is fun because. It's super simple, but the broth is the complicated part. So it's something that you kind of like cook all day and then you just have like noodles kind of thrown on top. Um, so that's my huge ambition. I have a couple recipes I'll be trying out. Uh, we A local ramen place opened up not too far from us and we were eating it the other day and I was like, you know what? I can do this. I might give this a try. Famous last words. <laughs> definitely famous last words, but I definitely feel overly confident that I could totally do it. <laughs> So that's my big fall goal is to perfect a really good bowl of ramen. See, I've always wanted to make my own ramen as well. But every time Mm -hmm. I look at a recipe or like research into looking at ramen, first of all, it takes days to make. It does not take like an afternoon. It takes days. And two, like the first step is like, go to your butcher, ask for all the bones. And I don't know how to approach any butcher and be like can i have not meat but like a bag full of bones i weirdly feel like a butcher would be really excited to get that request i don't know if there's any butchers out there listening but i feel like i feel like no i feel like it'd be like somebody finally asking you something like integral to your work that nobody else asks you about and you being able to geek out about bones with somebody i don't know if i'm ready to geek out about (laughs) bones though i don't think i've reached that level well, I'm going to tackle it this fall. I'll let you know how it's going. All right. Let me know. If you do find anything good that doesn't take five days, let yeah, me know. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I for sure will. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, as we're sitting inside a lot, Amanda, have you been reading or watching uh, anything good lately? Yes, I've been reading. So the the latest book that I, I picked up that I'm really enjoying right now is called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. And V.E. Schwab is a pretty um, well-known kind of like sci-fi fantasy writer. And so she came out with this new book that's pretty fantastic about a young woman who essentially makes the deal with a devil uh, to live forever. But because of that, everybody forgets her the moment they like lose sight of her. Hmm. And so she's she's lived for like centuries and she can't like nobody remembers her longer than a like a conversation essentially. And it's basically her trying to figure out how to get out of this curse. And one day after like 300 years, um she finds somebody who remembers her. And so it's really really interesting. It's like weirdly historical she's from like 17th century france um and now she's living in like modern day new york and it switches between her two timelines and it's like real good so far so i'm really enjoying it very interesting yeah that i wouldn't think that's a concept that you could pull out for an entire book Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i'm interested to hearing if that turns out any good yeah i'm like halfway through and still really enjoying it so it looks uh and the the reviews are super super good Hmm. So that, I'm pretty that, optimistic. That'll be one I'll have to check out because that's that's a crazy concept to me. Yeah. What about you, David? Are you reading, watching anything cool? So, you know, we're coming to the end of spooky times. Um, the spooky times are over. And by definition, it must be Christmas now, which is fine, which is fine. <laughs> but 
I believe that you can enjoy the spooky times year round. And one of my favorite series that I'm sure a lot of people have at least watched or checked out was The Haunting of Hill House. I think in terms of like a horror TV show, it was almost perfect. Um, I did not enjoy sort of the end of it, but I really enjoyed the writing, the filmmaking, all of that. And so when I found out they were doing sort of a sequel um, or a reimagining with The Haunting of Bly Manor, I was mm-hmm. super excited. And I am here to say that it turned out really good. Um, hmm. I've been hearing a lot of people say that it's not spooky enough. Um and I would say that it, it definitely isn't. It's less of a horror story and more of a psychological mystery. Um, you know what? Uh, that probably means I'll watch it now because I did not. Wa- <laughs> <laughs> because I did not want to watch it if it was too scary. But I watched the trailer and it looked pretty good. There's some. There's the occasional scary imagery, but there isn't mm-hmm. any part of the show that really freaked me out mm-hmm. um i think the show does a great job this season at knowing how to end it well i think the last season really struggled there at the end with what to be doing with these characters but with mm-hmm. this season i think they really had a complete story right out the gate um which let them really explore some interesting themes and i think that the reason for the haunting and the way the ghosts interact with the haunting is Mm -hmm. a lot different than I've seen anywhere else. And I absolutely loved it. It really sort of messes with you with you trying to figure out what it is. So I think Mm. if you are typically turned off by a lot of horror or spooky TV shows, you will actually love the haunting of Bly Manor. Okay. Uh, Then I'll actually check it out because I did watch the trailer and I was like, hmm, this is interesting. And then I was like, no, not too spooky for me. But if you're saying it's not nearly as spooky as I thought it was, uh, I'm still weirdly, it's it's still November. So I feel like I can still get away with some spookies for a little while. And it's like the perfect hour long drama, you know? Cool. Uh, So I would definitely recommend it. Uh, I think the only the only issue I have with it is there is a character with possibly the thickest Scottish accent I've ever heard in my entire life. You just double sold me to watch this. I'm a boy. <laughs> I'm there. See, so you say that, but let me tell you, <laughs> I legitimately had such a hard time understanding. Like, typically, typically I watch with subtitles for everything now, just with everything, because yeah, I want to make same, sure I don't miss yeah. anything. But, like, there are certain characters that come on screen that I don't look at their performance. I'm just looking at the subtitles and I'm just reading, being like, okay, <laughs> what the heck are they saying? Do you have that problem with the Great British Bake Off? <laughs> oh, not at all. Not at all. That show's perfect. I sometimes, I sometimes leave it on, uh, especially in the early seas, like in the early episodes when you're just getting to know them and you haven't quite gotten used to their accents yet. Because I'm just like, I don't know if I know exactly what you're saying right now. We had the um, subtitles on for this last one, and we realized everyone was saying chuffed, that they were chuffed or something like that. What does that mean? It means really pleased, and they were all saying it. So Didn't know that. Something we should all adopt, yeah. But yeah, subtitles to the rescue. Um, I, wait a second, so, wait a second. Since you've mentioned Great British Bake Off, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> 
But I okay. will say, Sounds shout out to the Blink-182 Tom DeLonge cake that they did in the first episode. That was one of my favorite <laughs> moments of television history. Have you been watching it regularly? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Week to week. How cute was the pineapple upside down cake? It was one of the best cakes I've seen. That entire and episode had so many good, like adorable yeah. concepts. That and the um the the beautiful and devastating avocado cake. Oh, so devastating. With those baby avocados and its little avocado pouch. Oh, so cute. Man, we really do just need like a great British <laughs> bake off. Guys, we were so close. We were literally like in the final hours before the great after the Great British Bake Off like launched where we were like, maybe we should have a Great British Bake Off podcast. I was ready. I know. I, was I ready wrote too. notes for myself. Yeah. I had a whole time. shtick about the Tom DeLonge cake. <laughs> it was great. Next, next season, we're definitely doing it. Absolutely. So a peek behind the curtain right before we started this, we had a huge fight over who would say what during this section. And because we had both written down the well, we had both decided to talk about the Queen's Gambit, but only one of us had written it down. And I was very upset because it was the first time that David had beaten me to the notes (laughs) and written down what I wanted to talk about first. So the other thing that we were both watching is uh, a show on Netflix called The Queen's Gambit. Uh... And I will take credit for this one because I told David to watch it. <laughs> okay, okay. I didn't know that the uh, listeners at home were keeping score. Like, oh, Amanda got obviously that one. they are. Yeah, obviously they are, David. Uh-huh. Well, we are you paying won, close enough attention. You won the Queen's Gambit. Congratulations. Yes! <laughs> That's the best thing anyone's told me all day. <laughs> so tell, tell everyone why we love this show so much. Oh, are you saying I haven't heard your reaction to it, so you really loved it? Oh, I absolutely loved it. Yes. Yeah, it's um, and I think we're going to end up doing a bigger episode on it, so we won't get in too deep. Uh, but it is a seven part miniseries uh, drama miniseries from Netflix that just came out about a young woman who is a chess prodigy and she has a really interesting life. She struggles with um, uh, some substance addiction throughout and uh, it's great. It's like some like really strong 1960s vibes. A really interesting cast, really good writing, and uh, they make chess seem fun, which is really hard to do. <laughs> I think that's the thing. Like, I noticed during, like, the last episode, they're going through, like, a chess montage. And I realized yeah. at the end of that show, it was maybe the sixth or seventh chess montage that we've watched from her. Yeah, and, and I, I was liked like, them all. I was like, this is still thrilling. Why yeah. does this still work? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's I'm just good. Horrible at chess. I'm yes, horrible. I'm very, at it. <laughs> I'm very bad at it too. I just don't have the patience for it. But it's really fun to watch people who are really good at chess play chess really well. But on top of it, it's just really good filmmaking. So uh, we haven't read the book yet, but I'm excited to do the book and do a full episode on it. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things where I haven't watched a period drama in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I typically don't like a ton of period dramas. I know there's some folks that like swear by shows like Peaky Blinders, and I cannot, I I cannot stand a lot of those TV shows. Yeah, but this one, like, hit its tone, filmmaking, and the lead is just amazing in the role. So mm-hmm. it it completely captivates you for seven or eight episodes, like no other show I've watched this year. 
Yeah, yeah. The, the very first episode is very intriguing. So even if you think that a full series about chess playing wouldn't be your tup, cup of tea, go and check out the first episode and you can decide from there because it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then join us when we start our chess podcast because <laughs> I've been reading up on strategy, Amanda. I, hi, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not very good. I, it's not going to work out well. It's it sounds like it's going to be a pretty boring one episode podcast. Then. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I'll get you to do it anyway. No, I think that one's going to be shot down pretty quick. <laughs> uh, David, uh, are you doing anything fun so these days? I have found my new addiction, um, <laughs> and it is another video game. Okay, I think I talked about a video game on the last episode. This is another video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is for the Nintendo Switch, and it's called a game. Uh, it's called Hades. Okay, mm-hmm. I think I've told you about this game before, but essentially You've the told concept. Me about it. You told me so much about it. I've told you so much about this. <laughs> essentially, what this game is is it's by a studio called Supergiant, which makes so many good games. But this one is about the son of Hades called Zagreus, who uh, finds the class- out the classic Greek hero Zagreus. Is it really, though? No, absolutely okay. not. I'm okay. teasing. <laughs> I genuinely didn't know. I know about Greek mythology. I did not know if there was I'm sorry. or not, to be honest. You just threw me I'm off. I'm sorry. I'm teasing you. Sorry. Go wow, on what a funny bit. joke, sorry. Amanda. You got the this whole what, audience this gut is, busting. David, this is what happens when you make me record at night. <laughs> I made I be, you record at this. night? No, it was definitely my fault. Yeah, I'm that's sorry. what I thought. <laughs> anyway, Hades is about the son of Hades called Zag- Zagreus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is on a quest to essentially escape hell and find his mom. Uh, what makes this game so special is two things. One, it uses these game mechanics that are often called uh, uh, roguelikes. And essentially what that means is you have two main mechanics. One, there is some sense of randomization when you go through the game, uh, whether that's randomly generated rooms, enemies, things like that. And then there's also um, a concept where when you die, you have to start from the beginning. Now, usually these games are like kind of grindy and can kind of be rough to go through. The reason why this game is so great is one, it is one of the most satisfying, just like beat em ups I've played in a while. Um, and it stars basically the entire cast of Olympian gods to help you to escape hell, which makes it really good. And the second reason is they make it so when you die, you're actually pretty happy about it because you get Mm. sent essentially back to the house of Hades where you get to hang out with a cast of characters that are so much fun. Um, Mm. Hades is like this hilarious, like gruffy dad who is just grumpy all the time. You get the, this like uh, crush or this uh, uh, character called Dusa uh, from Medusa, who is literally just a floating head of okay. Medusa's head. And it is by far my favorite character uh, because of how okay. goofy she is. It, it's just one of those things where you look forward to dying because you get to progress the story and talk to all these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it's ridiculously addictive because you can find yourself going on a few runs that can take a few hours. And before you know, know it, you've spent eight hours playing the same game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would highly recommend it to anyone who owns a Switch. It's pretty much the perfect Switch game. It's also on PC, but really this was made to be played in front of your couch watching some TV show that you're half paying attention to while you play your Switch. Cool. So you're going to play it, Amanda? Because I've talked about this game a lot, mm, too. Probably not. Sorry. But that's that's not... It's not because you haven't sold me enough on the game. It's because I'm in the midst of my current obsession, and it is very hands-on. So I don't have free time with my hands at all. Well, tell me about what your current obsession is, because I think I know what you're talking about. So my current obsession is um, this very new and trendy... I'm kidding. It's crocheting. I'm really into crocheting right now. Nerd. <laughs> I, um, I did not think it would be something I would pick up, but... Uh, turns out I love it. I have a very unhealthy obsession with um, comfortable blankets, and the fact that I can create my own has suddenly unlocked a world of possibilities for me, uh, especially because I can make them for like a fraction of the price of buying them from somewhere fancy. So I am currently working on something I never thought I would, which is a velvet crocheted blanket okay um i'm creating it as a gift for our sister who's having her baby soon um and it's kind of amazing and i may be making a giant one for myself as well so it's kind of perfect because i both feel productive i'm creating a blanket which i love to no end and then um and it's keeping me warm as i'm making it which is so wonderful and i get to listen to an audiobook when i do it so it's kind of all the things I want to do wrapped into one. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you this. Like what's yeah. on, what's your game plan? Like what, what are the things you want to crochet now? Like blanket, <laughs> I assume is like step mm-hmm. one, but like yeah. what, what comes after that? So first is tiny blanket. Step two is giant blanket. Gotcha. Um, and to be honest, like I always assumed it was a lot more complicated, but crocheting is different than knitting. Crocheting is, uh, you just follow one thread throughout. And so it's your hand and one needle. So it's a lot easier than I thought it would be. Like knitting is a lot more complicated. Uh, but basically it's baby blankets. Step one, step two, giant blanket. Step three, adorable mittens. Uh, Step four is probably another giant blanket, if I'm being honest. <laughs> See, I'm waiting for you to say a beanie, because I would, I, I know would this podcast is a little bit of a public forum to be saying I would like a crocheted beanie for Christmas, but I can make you a crocheted well beanie. Out. Yes. <laughs> I won't guarantee, it would be my first crocheted beanie, so I have, I have no guarantees to the quality, but yeah, I could crochet you a beanie. Yes. There's something about, like, there's very few joys I have when it starts getting cold. The The only one, I think, for me is, is wearing beanies all the time. Mm-hmm. I have an excuse to just put, like, a comfortable cloth over my head 24-7. Yeah, to be honest, like I will I will do as many projects as are requested of me from my like immediate circle. So if you want something, I will I will be happy to attempt to make it. That means I can do it, audience, but you can't. <laughs> she has immediately cut you out of that request. 
Yeah, I'm not quite, I haven't quite opened my Etsy shop yet. So for um, David Wingert specific beanies, but someday. Yeah, yeah. Well, but yeah, uh, maybe I'll make a giant blanket for EB too. Ooh, she would be very into that. Oh, here's the thing. We have so many blankets. We have so many blankets, Amanda. We actually don't need a blanket. I I think EB would disagree. Which is why I'm whispering. Because she's either just outside this room. Okay. Or she's listening to this episode. And I'm hoping if I just really quiet, maybe she'll blank out during this part. Okay, here's the thing. I found an app that lets helps me design my own blanket designs. So what if I made a blanket that had a Animal Crossing character on it? Ooh. Ooh, that would do very well in this household, I think. <laughs> I think I think Am- Animal Qu- Crossing has found a second wave at this house now that yeah, Evie noticed, has gotten yeah. a switch. Um, I did visit her island. It was very cool. It is now currently what she is doing 24-7. Unfortunately, <laughs> I've moved away from Animal Crossing. We'll see when I come back. Hades is taking up all my time. Yeah. But when I, it's done, I, I kind might of come have back. Two. I kind of have two, but uh, October is a pretty fun month, and their Halloween thing was pretty cool, and I got pretty jealous when I went to go and visit Evie's island, so I'm speed running October right now with time skipping. <laughs> of course. So everyone should know you're a big old cheater. Cheater McCheater. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially in video games. If you could cheat, cheat all day. (laughs) I like fundamentally disagree with that. Oh, I know. (laughs) I disagree with that so much. Whatever. You time hopped when you first started too. I did Uh, not time uh, hop a lot. I think I time hopped one day. I don't think so because you refused to come and visit me because you were time hopping. You thought it would screw you up. No, you were time hopping, which is why. No, you were time hopping, my no, brother. No, you were time hopping. <laughs> All right, this has gotten ridiculous. <laughs> All right, so I guess that'll wrap us up for today as we devolve into bickering over who's time hopping in what video game. You could probably I, cut that I out. I feel like bickering <laughs> is how most episodes end these days. But that'll wrap us up for today. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe so you get automatically updated when new episodes come out at wherever you get your podcasts. Um, We are still doing fun stuff like this, uh, little mini episodes and big boy episodes in between. Uh, So if you enjoy anything we talked about and rambled about and bickered about in the past like 20 minutes or so, uh, please leave us a review and tell your friends. Yeah, and uh, just tell your friends. I think that actually is like the best way at us seeing new people or getting new for listeners, sure. I should say. And yeah, we would for super sure. appreciate it, especially as you have to bunker, you have to bunker down again. Why not? Why not come hang out with us? For sure. Uh, but you can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. We're at Adapted Pod. Uh, and also feel free to shoot emails to stuff at Adapted Pod. You know, tell us what you're doing right now. I actually would not mind reading those emails one bit. Yeah, just let us know what you guys are up to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Special thanks to Catlo for the intro and outro music you'll be listening to astoria ditmars you can find more cat loaf on spotify and our next big boy episode will be coming out next thursday you can tune in and see how we rate that adaptation until then david's a big old time hopper don't let him tell you differently whoa 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 you liar